1: Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice, with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to cynthiahyatt.com. That's C I N T H I A H I E T T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia.
2: Well welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt and very thankful that you have joined me today. And so I think that this topic we are going to do today is going to be helpful for many. I know it was helpful for me to write it and this is really about the issue of forgiveness and unforgiveness and the hardest person to forgive which many times is ourselves. So we're going to talk about forgiving ourselves and sometimes that's the hardest thing for us to do is to forgive ourselves when we do something wrong it's never ever fun when we shock ourselves and when we let ourselves down when we disappoint ourselves when we're embarrassed and so we have we have a tendency to be the harshest critics so we continue to beat ourselves up even when others have forgiven us even when we know God has forgiven us and repentance absolutely is important when we're in the wrong But the Bible also reminds us how important it is to learn from our mistakes and move on, to truly move on. And there are so many biblical references of Jesus just forgiving people and saying, move on. So God is the first to forgive us, and he guides us through it. And he reminds us that we need to learn to forgive one another, but we also need to forgive ourselves. And if God can forgive us, who are we to withhold forgiveness from ourselves? So 1 John 1.9, I love this verse, it says, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So that means that if we just simply tell him and admit that we did it, that he's going to be faithful to forgive us. And he's going to cleanse us from wickedness. And so it's important for us, yes, absolutely, to not continue to do the sin. But unfortunately, there are some sins that take us a while to overcome and take us a while to learn from and to truly stop doing. So I don't want you to get stuck in that trap of condemnation where you keep thinking, how many times can I ask God to forgive me? And he says 70 times 7, right? Right which means that's a, it, it's, it's innumerous. It's, you just continue to ask for forgiveness. The more often you ask for forgiveness, the sooner you're going to be able to overcome the sin. So when it's a repetitive sin, which many of us have, have those, what we want to do is we just want to say, this is what God told me to do, so I need to repent of the sin, ask for forgiveness, forgive myself. And when I do it again, I need to do it again. And I need to keep... Doing the forgiveness, and so Matthew chapter six verses fourteen through fifteen says, "If you've forgiven those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins." I mean, that's a pretty harsh. That's a pretty harsh one to take to take in. This is, but God is saying this is how important this is. The forgiveness is good for our soul condemnation leads us into more sin. So when he says, if you refuse to forgive others, and you are one of those others. So he's saying, I'm glad that you're forgiving all of your friends, family, strangers, neighbors, whoever, but you can't forget to forgive yourself. And so 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, God cares for you. So turn all your worries over to him. So this, co- this corresponds with this whole idea of forgiveness. So if I have a repetitive sin, that's a worry of mine. It's a burden. So God says, I care for you. I know you're sinful. I care for you. Turn all your worries over to me. And so I love this one. This is Psalms 103, verse 10 and 11 says, he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. That's amazing. He says, he doesn't treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to what we have done. As high as the heavens are above the earth, this is how high, how great, how wide, how deep his love is for us. And, of course, we have Romans 8.1. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if others can forgive us, we can forgive ourselves. And it's not just a great gift to bestow on others. It's something that allows us to be free. See, we think we're doing ourselves a favor by forgiving ourselves, but actually the forgiveness frees us to be better people through God. And so when we look at Luke chapter 17, verses 3 and 4, it says, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And so this is God saying, even repetitive, that's the stuff we're working on. And he doesn't even qualify this forgiveness by how little or how big. He just simply says, any sin. So we're going to look at this story about the sinful woman in Luke chapter 7. And this says, I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. So what we see is this forgiveness piece. When we have been forgiven much, we love much. So this, this is one of the things that, that love and truth and forgiveness and unburdening ourselves, is what we need to be free to truly be who God has called us to be. And so let's look at this. This is um, Luke chapter 7, 35 through 50. And it says, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at a table. And a woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. Now we know what's amazing about that is that that's very expensive and she was a prostitute. So she probably didn't have a lot of money. And verse 35 says, as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. And so it goes on to say this whole thing, this this discourse between the Pharisee and Jesus, and the story that Jesus tells about two different people owing money, and the person that they owed the money to forgave them both. One had a great debt, the other had a small debt. And he says to the Pharisee, who do you think loved the man more? The one who was forgiven much or the one forgiven little? And so the Pharisee said, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. And Jesus said, you've judged correctly. And so he goes on to rebuke Simon, the Pharisee, for how he was treated at his home and how much better the prostitute treated him than his host. And so this is what Jesus says to the woman. He turns to her and he says, Your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Now go in peace. See, this woman is now at peace with herself. Simon is not at peace. We can tell from from the judgment that, that is in his conversation. So she's at peace with herself. So forgiveness of my sins... And forgiving myself brings rest and peace. If I don't have peace within, I cannot be at peace with others, and I will sin more. And the antidote for having less sin in my life, then, is forgiveness. And it's imperative that we understand this practice and how seriously God takes this. See, this chapter, this, this verse in Luke, chapter 7, when he says, your sins are forgiven. Three of the sweetest words. This was spoken from God in the flesh. This wasn't just reading it in, in a Bible. This, this was spoken out loud to this woman by God. And he says these words. Your faith has saved you. Your faith, it rescued you. It delivered you. She put her faith in him. She trusted him. And she walked away confidently and was told to go in peace. She can now rest. She can relax. Because what does unforgiveness do? It creates shame. And shame is the thing that makes us want to hide even more. And shame causes us to hide, which turns into lying. And so our soul is very easily corrupted when we have lack of forgiveness for others, but primarily for ourselves. The more I forgive me, the more I am am forgiving to other people. And so when you think about this idea of unforgiveness, it causes us to repeat the sin in our mind. And go over it and over it and over it. And that's a lot of energy. It's a lot of distraction. It's a lot of tension. So I want you to ask yourself, what is tense for you? Where do you have pain? If you have physical pain, it's always on your mind. Even though you're trying to talk to people, you're trying to walk around, you're trying to do your job, you're trying to do whatever it is. But you keep being distracted by the pain in your body. Well, unforgiveness is the pain in our soul, in our mind, that keeps distracting us. So I want you to be thinking about what are the sins I keep withholding forgiveness? And why am I continuing to do this? What is the burden I'm carrying? Because unforgiveness is a very large burden. And it weighs us down. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. Join me in the next segment. And make sure that you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And you can listen to all these shows on the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia, and I am Cynthia Hyatt, your host. So, thank you for joining me. And if you're just tuning in, I want to make sure that you can listen to the show in its entirety, and you can do that on my website. Uh, Always the latest shows are up on the website, and that's at cynthiahyatt.com. And we also have them on various podcasts such as iCloud i mean, I'm sorry, iTunes, um, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. So, make sure that you can listen to them there in their entirety. So we are talking today about forgiveness, unforgiveness, forgiving others, but primarily forgiving the hardest person, and that would be us, ourself. And so we looked at the, the, um, the story in Luke chapter 7, and this is about the prostitute that came to the Pharisee's house. And, and the story Jesus was talking about was the debt And those who are forgiven much, love much. And so one of the antidotes for our soul is forgiveness. And God takes very seriously this issue of forgiveness. This is why Jesus came. To forgive all sin. And anyone who asks for forgiveness will be forgiven. And so... It's imperative when we are wanting to live at peace that we live in forgiveness because unforgiveness is a huge burden and it takes a lot of space in our mind, in our heart, in our soul, and it taints the way we look at the world. It taints the way we look at God, taints the way we look at ourselves and other people, and it changes our perception of the world. And, and the perception we have of ourselves and how we think other, others view us. And so it becomes this, this gray, black cloud that follows us everywhere. It's like living in a perpetual storm. And so unforgiveness is also dangerous for our bodies. So I want you to ask yourself where is the pain for you? Where is it? Is it in your gut? in your heart? Is it, is it a depressed feeling in your brain? Is it just a, an overall feeling of malaise? Maybe you get angry. See, unforgiveness causes us to be angry as well. Sadness and anger, they are very uncomfortable, at, that's a nice word, feelings that we would have. And so forgi- unforgiveness is a strain. It's a, it's a, it binds us up. So I want you to ask yourself, what are the burdens that you are carrying? And what is your perception of God because of these burdens? See, our burdens inhibit our trust and our faith and our confidence in God. It's not about why we have the burdens. Why we do the sin. Sometimes it's helpful to understand our sin. That helps us overcome. But sometimes it doesn't make any difference. We just need to repent, ask for forgiveness, move on, and leave it where it belongs. One of the most beautiful things about time is that the day ends, and a new day begins, and the past is done. We can't go back into the past. And so when we have unforgiveness, we make the past be our present and if it's our present, it affects our future. So it's very important that you don't bring the past into your present. That you say, the day is over. That sin happened yesterday. Today is a new day. His mercies are new every morning. It's so kind of him that a new day begins. And so I love this verse. This is Matthew eleven twenty eight and it says come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest that's what he said to the woman the prostitute come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest and how do we do that we come to him with our sins we we ask for forgiveness we lay them at his feet And he says, I'll carry the burden. You can let it go. And you can now be at rest. You can be at peace. And Isaiah chapter 118, beautiful. God says, come now and let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they were red like crimson, they shall be white as wool. And so one of the commentaries, this is Ellicott's commentary about this, says this, come now and let us reason together. This really suggests that the the Hebrew implies that the tone of this is one who has authority. It's an ultimatum. And many times we want to look at it and think that it's like two contemporaries talking back and forth about whatever it is. This one really helps us look at it from a very different perspective. And it says that the tone is one who, who gives an authoritative ultimatum as from a judge to the accused who has no defense, only a sham for defense. So the ultimatum is one of grace and mercy. This is God saying, we're going to come talk about this. And I have the authority to tell you, though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. That's the grace and mercy. That's the repent and be forgiven. That's the ultimatum of God saying, Hey, you come and talk to me about this, and I will fix it. That's amazing. And so he has the authority to do that. We don't have to convince him to do it. We don't have to reason with him about why we did it and promise we'll never do it again. He just simply says, I'm the judge of the entire universe. I'm going to give you grace and mercy lay the burden down, and be at rest, be at peace. At at the heart of all that God does and has done for us is the heart of forgiveness. This is the first thing he did for Adam and Eve to protect them from their sin. He forgave them. And so he made sure that he worked that process of forgiveness out with Adam and Eve so that you and me, would actually have the opportunity to be created and know him. Forgiveness is the heart of God, the deepest part of God's heart. Don't ever let it be said of you that you withheld forgiveness from others or from yourself primarily. Without the heart of forgiveness, every issue going on in the world, the fall, can't be undone. Forgiveness undoes sin. Now, that does not mean that sometimes we don't have consequences. But we don't have to worry about the burden of our eternity. We are promised forgiveness by Jesus. And so, learning to forgive yourself is tough. It's painful. It's hard to do. So, what we want to be really thinking about is asking God for his heart. We have Jesus that lives within us. Jesus is the consummate forgiver. He walked on the planet. He forgave, repeatedly forgave people and said, you're forgiven. So you are forgiven and you can rest. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about forgiving ourselves. Make sure that you can visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Well, thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Today, we are talking about Forgiveness. And unforgiveness, and the burden of unforgiveness. And the most difficult person to forgive is ourself. So I want to make sure you can listen to the show in its entirety. Please visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And I always love it when you email me and let me know what topics you may want me to talk on. And if you would like a keynote speaker, I can certainly tailor-make any type of inspirational, motivational um, presentation for your group So this idea of forgiveness, I'm going to take a couple of moments, a couple of minutes, and talk about something that might sound a little controversial. Well, actually, it does sound controversial if you want to know the truth. And that's the issue that, you know, we have, there's three people that need to be forgiven often. Others, ourselves, and sometimes we need to forgive God. And I know that sounds really strange, but this is what I want you to consider. We're not ever forgiving God because he did something wrong or they did something bad. That, that would be ridiculous. But when we're in relationship, we oftentimes get hurt, get our feelings hurt, let down, disappointed. And so forgiving is part of the reconnecting process that people do. So I'm sure that in your life, you have had someone do something or not do something that really let you down. Didn't mean that they even did anything wrong, but you still had to forgive and get over it in order to be back in relationship. So let's say it's something as simple as um, you have decided that you want me to go a certain place with you at a certain time and... You ask me to go and I say no. And it hurts your feelings. Well, I have the right to say no. That's not a sin. And so you get let down. You get your feelings hurt. So you have to forgive. So that you can then have a new heart toward me. And so when we're talking about this issue of forgiving God, we put so many, we project so many things onto God, who we think he should be, how we think he should act, what we think he should do, what he should not do. And, and many times we're shaking our fist at God and, and we're thinking, you know, God, where were you when I needed you? Or we're saying to God, why didn't you do this for that person that I love? Why didn't you save that person? Why didn't you heal that person? Why did you let them fire me at work? God, if you can control everything, if you're God of the universe, why do these things happen? Or why don't I get to have a baby? Why don't I get to be married? Why do I have to do this job when I really would rather do a different career? Why don't I look a certain way? God, you made me, you could have made me look any way you wanted, and this is how you chose for me to look. So I'm talking about relationship with God. And many times we might hold a grudge toward God. We might we might withhold a part of us ourselves from God because we had an expectation on him and he let us down. So this is imperative when you are thinking about your relationship with God. Please understand again, I am not ever implying that God sinned or God did something wrong. It's more about my relationship with him. And do I need to forgive because now, because he let me down or he hurt my feelings and I have a grudge against him or I'm not trusting him like I, I want to or I don't understand him. And so this is imperative that I talk to God about this. And I say, I don't know how to reason this through. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to figure this out. I don't know how to get past this. You don't seem like a God I can trust right now because this happened in my life or whatever is not happening in my life. And I don't understand who you are. I thought you were kind and loving and merciful and it doesn't feel that way. You feel like an absent God. Or you feel like a God that doesn't care about my life or doesn't understand my life. Or that I'm not important. And so this is why it's very powerful when we go to God and we say, you know, I'm holding a grudge against you. I know intellectually you don't do anything wrong, but I feel like you wronged me. And he is gracious to forgive us and reconcile with us. And he can handle it. We are his children, and he wants to know our hearts. And he wants to be one with us. And so many times this issue of forgiveness has some to do with God and feeling let down by God. So I really encourage you to think about this and ask yourself, is there something that I'm holding against God? So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in this last segment coming up where we're going to talk more about how to forgive yourself and what even happens physically if we don't. So join me uh, next segment. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm so glad you joined me today. And I want to make sure that you can get a hold of this podcast so that you can hear the entire show. If you're just tuning in and you can find um, conversations with Cynthia on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and certainly on my website, we always have the most current shows on the website. So I want to make sure you check those out. And I'm hoping that if you are continuing to listen, that this is helpful to you. I um, had I I heard a really amazing pastor speak some on this. His name is Gary Clark. He's from Hillsong, London really inspired me um, as I was writing this show about forgiveness. And, um, and this idea of, of, it turned into this idea of forgiving ourselves and how we need to forgive ourselves and why this is so important because we all mess up. So why is learning to forgive yourself so much harder than forgiving others? Well, what I want you to think about, your heart and your mental health really Depend on your ability to reduce hurt and anger in your life. So that means when people hurt us, when they anger us, if we harbor it, it can really, really affect our physical health. But we may be good at forgiving other people, but when we let ourselves down, when we disappoint ourselves, when we shock ourselves, when we think, I can't believe I did that, I can't get over that. I'm humiliated, I'm embarrassed, I hate myself. I think I'm disgusting. We get into all this terrible self-talk and we feel horrible toward ourselves. And we would never go that far against someone else. But we can be merciless with ourselves. So, forgiveness is very effective in healing all of those very painful feelings. So you ask yourself, what what do I need to forgive myself for? Do I have an addiction? Did I cheat on my spouse or my partner? Did I have a rage attack? Was I dishonest with money? Did I lie to someone? Did I gossip about somebody? I mean, it's it's endless the sins that that we can commit, and so Stanford has this great um, um, program and this great study that they are doing, and they use volunteer subjects. and The definition of forgiveness is a simple one, not near impossible requirement that a person, you know, is somehow applying for sainthood or something, but forgiveness really consists primarily of taking less personal offense, reducing anger and blaming of the offender and developing an increased understanding of situations that lead to hurt and anger. That's what they have defined forgiveness. That's their, that's their definition. And so when you're needing to try to forgive yourself, this is when it gets a little bit more difficult. Because they did this this study at a a place called Wernersville. It's um, Karen Foundation for Drug and Alcohol Abuse and Treatment Center in Wernersville in Pennsylvania. And they deal with this need to forgive every day. Because many times people that struggle with compulsive disorders um, and addictions, not only do they need to be forgiven for the addiction, but they need to be forgiven for the behaviors that many times come from that addiction. So part of recovery is forgiving yourself. So what I say to you is you may not be battling with an addiction, but recovering your life and living a life of recovery, which is a repentant life, means I have to practice forgiveness. Because like we talked earlier in the show, unforgiveness toward myself or someone else leads to chronic a chronic state of anger and resentment, and it's going to interfere with my life. And they've done countless studies that show what stress and anger can do to worsen a disease or even cause a disease, such as cancer, heart disease, various autoimmune disorders. And so when resentment is interfering with your life, you need to learn to forgive yourself. Because we have this critical voice in our head that narrates every move we make and judges. We can judge ourselves relentlessly. So it doesn't mean that if I forgive myself, I'm not angry with myself. It doesn't mean I'm going to immediately stop hating myself. But it is part of rebuilding that relationship with myself, rebuilding trust. And And one of the hardest things is when you don't trust yourself. And so... When we are really looking at forgiving, this means it requires some specificity. That, that means that lots of times we, we end up trying to forgive ourselves for, for the wrong things. We might forgive, you know think we need to forgive ourselves for, for being human, for just making human mistakes. And so I want you to think about forgiveness. It's as, as a way to say to yourself, what actually is the wrong doing? And it could be a heart condition. It could be that, that I, I harbor unforgiveness toward people as well. I need to forgive myself for that. It may be that I'm a, judge, a very judging person. Whatever that might be, that we need to really be specific about it and make sure that we are not apologizing to ourselves or forgiving ourselves for something that is just human. And so we have a very high standard in this world. And people, we think we need to be perfect. And, and we end up hurting ourselves and others when we are not willing to let go of, of the wrong things that we have done or the things that we struggle with or the fact that we just are simply human. And so this idea of hanging on to resentment really affects so many areas in your own life and and it's interesting to think that we might resent ourselves but if i'm not willing to forgive myself i begin to create a wall of resentment or self-hatred toward myself and so toting around a lot of self-loathing that is a heavy heavy burden and so talking with some someone really helps now maybe seeing a therapist absolutely talking to your pastor, talking to a best friend, a spouse. And so this is, this is very important that you unburden it. You have to tell someone. Now, it doesn't always mean that you have to tell it in detail. But the idea of being able to forgive yourself is also experiencing the forgiveness of someone else. So forgiveness is part of the transformation process that humans do. And it's one of the things that, that we allow ourselves to have a newness and a freedom. Because we all screw up sometimes. And we need, to, we need to reset the button. And so part of learning to forgive yourself is allowing yourself to see yourself through the eyes of God. So I want you to ask yourself. We have lots of great examples in the Bible. Did King David forgive himself? Did Paul forgive himself? Did Peter forgive himself? This woman forgave herself and walked away and and had peace. Every single time God healed somebody, he also made sure that he addressed forgiveness and said, you are forgiven. So it's imperative that when you're looking in your own life that you say to yourself, every day I'm going to check in with myself. Am I harboring unforgiveness toward myself today? And I'm going to start the day a new day. God has given me a new day and he's telling me to forgive. And so I'm going to ask myself, am I bringing anything from yesterday into today? Am I letting this be a new day? Am I willing to love myself the same way I would love someone I love if they've messed up? And am I willing to give myself grace and mercy, just like I would give someone else? Because what the enemy of our soul wants us to think is it if we get grace and mercy, we're going to sin more. That we're just letting somebody off the hook. Oh, I can't let myself off the hook. What I did was wrong. But that's not the point. Withholding of forgiveness doesn't make the sin go away. The sin has already occurred. So we need to move into newness. We can't keep living in the sin, or we will continue to sin in more and varied ways so ask yourself did judas forgive himself and that's one of the saddest stories in the bible of all is the story of judas he was unwilling to forgive himself he could not get over himself he could not get past it and he hung himself He was his own judge, his own jury, and his own executioner. And God takes very seriously who's judging. He is the judge. So if God has said, you are forgiven, then we need to say, I am forgiven. I forgive me as well. If I belong to God, I am not allowed to withhold forgiveness from myself. He takes that very seriously. I mean, he died on the cross so that we could be forgiven. And we need to take that gift very seriously, that God knows how he made people, and he knows that forgiveness is imperative for our health physically, emotionally, intellectually, socially. So when we look at what unforgiveness does to our bodies, like I said earlier, we have, we have numerous studies that it leads or, or exacerbates cancer, heart disease, autoimmune deficiencies. And so it's very hard on our body. We've done, I've done lots of shows about the way our brain works and the amount of stress hormones we have floating through our body when we have feelings of anger, resentment, hurt, sadness, fear. And so what does unforgiveness do to our emotional realm? And we know that for as a man think is within, so he is. If I am constantly thinking I'm a bad person, I'm going to end up doing more bad behavior. I'm going to be who I think I am. If I think I'm forgiven, I'm going to act like a forgiven person, which is a free person. So I want you to think about where we put our faith the woman that came to Jesus and washed her feet, put her faith in him. Our faith is not in our ability to stop sinning, but it's in the one who forgives. So let's be forgiving people of everyone, including ourselves, and maybe especially ourselves. I don't want all of that unforgiveness taking up so much space in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, in your body that it inhibits you from being the amazing person God has has created you to be and called you to be. So do not walk around with the burden of unforgiveness. Be free. God has set you free. He has died to set you free. He loves you deeply, so deeply. He does not want you harming yourself with unforgiveness. So I'm going to pray for you today. Father, help us with this issue of forgiveness. Lord, help us to be forgiving people of ourselves. God, that we would be free. I pray this in Jesus' name. So be well this week. Be merciful. Be gracious. I'll talk to you next week. Make sure you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com.